So he goes, follow me. So I said, okay. So I follow him. He makes a circle. He goes, there's footprints. There's people here. And I was like, dude, that's us. And he goes, oh, oh okay. It's crazy. So I'm like, oh, my God. I didn't really understand that this guy probably had hypothermia. So I pulled him. I said, dude, we're done. We're done with this match. It's over. We're, we're done. I felt like we were like in a boxing match. I'm like, dude, this is it. You throw in the towel. You're done, brother. So I pull him. And he goes, oh, you know, uh, let's go. And I said, all right. I said, dude, forget about let's Let's see. I go, let's see. Maybe uh, Skylight is broken out. And it'll be easier. He goes, okay. So we go down. I said, you leave. So this guy leaves. It was like he was drunk. I mean, the craziest way. Like, we it should have. We should have got down in probably like 100 feet. This guy went this whole convoluted way. I turned it The bushwhacks were some of uh, the worst days I've ever had in the mountains, or life, really. I, and I tell people all the time, never underestimate the Catskills. Yeah, you, you can't underestimate them. Why the Catskills is such a great place for trout. It is really the development of New York State. Catskills are responsible. Now you're listening to Inside the Line, the Catskills. All right, Dave, beautiful weather we're having, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome weather. Perfect weather for hiking. Absolutely. Not for winter hiking, though. Oh, and that's your specialty, isn't it? It is. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. So, look, you know, we we talk all the time. you remember that report I sent you on the DEC saving the people or saving that person? Well, not saving it, actually finding the body off of Osible Chasm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's turned into a, a murder, a homicide. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. They wow. they went down and searched for evidence uh on the sides of the the sides of Osible Chasm. Uh they recovered the body, which was a hundred feet. They uh Oh, it looks like the fire department had had a job in it too. It was crazy. Um, thirty-seven year old. I don't know. They didn't have they didn't have much more after that. That was also from the Times Union, so I don't know if I can trust that. Do you trust that stuff? I think it's probably. I mean, that's pretty solid paper. So yeah, I would think yeah that's, that's true. Yeah, you know, the stories are in depth for things like this. So I would think so. Yeah. Yeah, just weird, weird times, you know, uh, like, uh, you know, we were just involved uh, with a uh, search and rescue and that was uh, that was intense. And that was I, you know, I got to get a hats off to everybody who attended the the Rangers for organizing it. They did a fantastic job. Um, All the volunteers did absolutely incredible. And everybody was on their A game with this. I I had had, was a great experience, was horrible experience, but a great experience at the same time. Absolutely. Was that your first rescue? Was that your first? No. Oh no, you you went with me in Hyde Park. Yeah, that was. We've done several things. Right, and I've had independent rescues myself. And that that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Some of your independent crazy rescues, your winter hiking rescues, and stuff like that. And so Dave here is is going to be chatting with me tonight, and uh, 
I'm trying to, I'm trying to read his resume. Let me, I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can read this all in one shot. Uh, Catskill 3,500 regular winter Catskill 3,500s winters Catskill solo single season winter round ADK regular 46er ADK three consecutive single season rounds, including one round with McNaughton over a hundred of the 46 high peaks done in the winter solo 36 of the 46 done in the winter and solo. You failed Cooks. How do you say that again? Kucharaga. Kucharaga four times in a row over Tuesday. Yeah. Failed that over four times in a row. So you see, there's nothing wrong with bailing. Took five attempts to get that. Took three times to get Marcy. See, there's nothing wrong with bailing. Absolutely. Definitely had many. He's had many failures. Of course, he knows when to bail. Uh, And he does lots of hiking all over the U.S. We'll talk about that definitely later. So it's good to have you on the show, David. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, man. David and I are good friends and we, we like to chat a lot and it's, and it's fun talking with you, David. It's, it's, it's going to be a good night. All right. So thank you. Monthly supporters, Darren White, John Comiskey, Vicky Ferreira, Jim C, Michael Bogner, Sarah Bacon, David Mead, and Matt Smith. Thank you guys for supporting the show. Also a big thank you to outdoor Chronicles photography for being sponsor of the show. Molly from outdoor Chronicles, specializes in venture movement and adventure couple photography in the Catskills, Adirondacks, and White Mountains. She is also an officiant for getting married and a licensed guide, so don't hesitate to get a hold of Molly on all platforms. Also, so Joe, David, you know these guys. What, what can you say about Joe uh, Galvin and Scott Finnerman? Fantastic people, super knowledgeable, really helpful, instructive, um, kind of people that you know, they're just not like uh, doing trainings and then uh, you can't ask them anything. Like I reach out, uh, not Scott so much, uh, not because I can't, but uh, to Joe, I do quite a bit um, asking him just random questions about knots and ropes and various things. And he's like always right back to me, you know, so gracious with his time, but they're great, great guys. I mean, they, they do a fantastic job. Like I always think with those guys, I mean, like, if you need to be rescued, you literally want those guys. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. agreed. I always agreed. think that. I'm like, I hope I don't have to be, but if you like, I I have seen both of them do amazing work. Um, you know, and and they do amazing work. Yeah. So they're from the Trail Bomb Project. Uh, they're a hiking backpack in school. They have amazing skills. Uh, check them out on all platforms. They have a website, social media. Like I said, like like Dave said nothing but great uh, stuff about Joe and Scott. So if you guys want to learn some new skills or brush up on your old skills, Scott and Joe are definitely the guys to go to. So definitely. Also, also if you want new gears in the Catskills, uh, definitely say no more. Camp Catskill in Tannersville has all stuff for your hiking needs from spikes to snowshoes to moisture wicking shirts. Uh, they have everything essentials for your hiking in the Catskills. Check them out online. Also, they have a website. Check them out on Instagram and Facebook as well. Also, if you're ready to hit the trails, make sure you take the scenic route. Our guides are here to help you with your goals, big or small. Check out the scenic route guiding and gear rentals on Instagram and Facebook for more information. Also, if you mention the podcast, you can get 10% off. Use the code MOUNTAINLION. So, Dave, you have anything to drink right now besides water? No. Oh man, uh, you you don't, you don't drink alcohol at three o'clock, right? <laughs> no, I do not. I'm a water man. I am. I'm having something to drink. So this is a good old rum and coke, like always. 
so David, you also chatted with me about your your previous hike in what the Eastern Grand Canyon. Is that what it, what is it called? No, Pennsylvania Grand Canyon. Okay, tell me about that. So that's out in um, like northwestern um, Pennsylvania, very remote. I'm working on a project out there, and um, so there's I'm trying to remember. I think there's uh, 21 mountains in this group of mountains, and there's like a northern section, central and southern. So I finished uh, the entire southern section. Um, which was like a little bit of like 13 and a half miles in uh, mid 5,000s with elevation gain. Uh, wow. So that's pretty cool. It's like the old Catskills because there is some bushwhacking. Like, you know, ne- like literally, I didn't see one person at all. Wow. Uh, multiple mountains. So it's it's pretty interesting like that um PA Grand Canyon. It's not well known. I encourage everybody to check it out. I'd say it's like it's like almost like the old Catskills where you can still there's a lot of people aren't there. You can you can bushwhack. It's uh, it's not heavily uh populated. So that's cool. This looks impressive like I'm looking at it on a map. You say this is by uh like Avis or Saddlesburg or something like that? Uh, no, it's more by, so Blackwell would be Slate Run, Cedar Run, those types. I haven't heard of those other towns. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is, it's the same area right around there. Um, wow. That looks impressive, man. The, the elevation gain and loss with that, it seriously looks like a small Grand Canyon. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because you start, you know, the mountains are only into the two thousands. So people are like, Oh, that's nothing. But, like, you start at, like, sea level a lot of the times. So, like I said, I think I think I did. Let me think here. I want to say it was four mountains. And it was uh, five, mid, like, just under 5,500. Jesus. Now, in Pennsylvania, let alone. So, the, the Catskills, you know, you, you obviously start higher. And, you know, most things are, like, it'll be, like, 1,500 elevation gain. So, this is similar. It's just not as high. Yeah. And down there in the in the gorge in the valley, uh the ice is gone now, so it's um it's not as it's not as it doesn't get as snowy as the Catskills, but the ice does linger because there's such like deep gorges. Yeah. Now, uh didn't you say uh previously that you did this and then you had to like kind of like almost not, not self-rescue but get yourself out with with like rope and stuff? No, that was in Vermont. So, okay. so this past season, I did uh, I did the 46 in the winter. I added on the Pennsylvania Grand Canyon, seven of the highest peaks there. <laughs> and then I um, I wanted to do Vermont, um, the 4,000-footers. So everything was going great. And then I got to Vermont, um, and I did – Alan and Abraham. So basically what happened was super clear day. It was going to be really cold. Like it would be, it was going to be high winds, 30, 40 mile an hour winds, but it was a clear day. And I was going to do Abraham, then traverse over to Ellen and then back. So I saw when I first started, uh, I saw a guy and he had actually just done something in Maine. Um, I can't remember what it was like something up by Katahdin and he had a difficult time. And I said, Oh, are you doing 
you know, Ellen today was like, oh, no way, no way. <laughs> I was kind of surprised, uh, but I, I'd find out why. So I had, I got up there real quick, got up to the summit of Abraham. And then I started traversing over it. It was like, it was literally multiple feet of snow, unbroken and super high winds. And it was probably negative 20 wow. uh, wind chill. So I, I said, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I think I beat the system because it would have been too dangerous because, and this is like, this is the thing you realize, right? It's not like, oh, can I get to the summit? It's, it's really like, how am I going to get back? So I'm thinking, this is my thought process. I can I can make it to the summit, okay? But then now I'm going to have to re-break the trail because the wind is going to most likely blow the snow in. Mm -hmm. And now with route finding, I haven't been to Vermont. I haven't been on this trail before. I don't know it that well. So there's a lot of variables. So I say, okay, forget this. Let me turn around. I go back down. And I'm like, I'm going to drive over to the base of Ellen and I'm like, it should just be just like Abraham. Zoom up there. I get done early. It's all great. So I'm going up the trail to Ellen. There's a woman that comes and, like, she has a ton of mountaineering equipment. Like rope. Um, she had an ice axe. She had, uh, I want to say she even had a shovel. She must have just had a system and just was, like, bringing her system. And I said, oh, are you doing um, Ellen? And she said, no, 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 I don't have enough time for that. And I and I was kind of like, like, oh, that's like weird. Like, it's like one o'clock, like should have time. So she like kind of jogged past me and she said she was doing some other mountain. <laughs> Jog like, we, get to the, we get to the junction. She, she was like, oh, I'm going to make a left. You're going right. So anyway, I'm heading up and then I stop. I get something to eat. And once I get to the junction, the lady's actually coming back down. And I go, did you summon her? She goes, no, no, it was a slog. It was, oh, it was impossible. Multiple feet of snow. Uh, it's not even worth it. I'm just heading home. And I was kind of surprised, but that told me what I was going to be up against. So I made a right. I was on the long trail. I'm heading to the summit. And it was brutal. So it went from completely packed trail to completely unpacked route finding high winds even though i was in the trees very cold and there's so much snow like you're literally hitting branches like almost having to crouch down and i see like some faint footprints so there's like somebody it seems like in front of me eventually run into the, the it was a a girl and she i asked her if she summed it she said no 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 it was, you know, I got to, it was like, I lost the trail, like we're out of time. Now keep in mind, I dropped from going like 2.2 miles an hour to 0.4. Oh, wow. Once I made that right, it was a slog. And then, and then I understood that other woman, she like obviously knew this area very well. So she's like, hey, this is going to take me forever. Like it's not worth it. So I want to say like, I met that girl at like 3.30. So I was going from like, I would be home at 3.30. Like these weren't hard times. I'm like, oh, I'm cool with it. So that girl's like, turn around. She's like, and she said to me, she goes, I, I, she goes, oh, this is where I got to. She showed me her GPS. And she's like, oh, you know, I guess you're feeling ambitious today. And I'm like, uh, I guess so. <laughs> so I head out and she said she fell on a spruce trap. So as I went, I was getting, I got probably got within six tenths of a mile or so from the summit. 
And I hit a spruce trap, like maybe two feet, another one. And then I hit one. I fell up to my waist. And then I moved and I sank down on my shoulders with my arms pinned. So it was scary. I mean, it was that like it was I was in that hole. And I, I mean, I was starting to panic a little bit. I mean, it was definitely freaky. Um, I did, you know, what I've been trained to do. You know, I so, you know, my mentors have been like hikers, mountaineers and people in the service. So like first thing I did was like stop moving and then do box breathing, which is you know, you're breathing in, you're exhaling. Um, you know, some people do, you know, four seconds in, four seconds out and you're just calming yourself down. And then I'm starting to think like, okay, like how am I going to get out of this? And I think to myself, okay, I don't want to move anymore because I don't I don't know how I don't know where the bottom of this like spruce trap is. And so then I thought to myself, okay, let me pull myself closer. So let me punch through my right arm to get to the tree, like the trunk of the tree, and then pull myself into the tree. So if I fall, I can at least grab on so I don't fall any further. And then I can try to pull myself up with the trunk of the tree. So after a while, I was able to do that. And I, I want to say that took me about 15 minutes. Oh, wow. To do it slow. And so then, so now after I got past that area, there was another spruce trap and I was just, it was really hard. And then I was like, oh my God, you know, how am I going to get back? Because that area was being hit by the sun. So it was getting soft. So the longer that would go on in the day, the more the traps would be there. So I'm like, you know, do I turn around? So I'm like, you know what? Let me, like I'd already said, I'm not going to summit. Let me get more experience. So I'm in a long story <laughs> short, you know, I, I kept going. I got to about, you know, maybe three tenths or like uh, 0.25 from the summit. And then the trail was gone and uh, there was a ski trail, but you're not supposed to walk in the ski trail. So I try to respect all the rules. And I said, you know what? I'm done. Like it's going to take me probably another hour or two to figure out how to get to the summit. Now I'm looking at, I got to the summit at maybe six and now I got to head back and I got to contend with those spruce straps, which I don't know how bad that's going to be. Coincidentally, I ran into these snowboarders who I think they were high because they're saying all this contradictory stuff, but they were like, it's interesting. Like, no, no, it's fine. You got plenty of time. You got, you got, you got plenty of time. And like, it was like such bad information because like I didn't have plenty of time, and they didn't really know. And they again, I don't fault them, but like they're telling me really how people who get themselves in trouble think, which is, hey, you know what? It's like four something. You know, it's almost five, but you got plenty. You got like maybe two, three more hours of daylight. It's like so close. Like you'll be fine, but they're not factoring in turning around yeah. and getting back. Like what's your energy level? Like dealing with the spruce traps. Like what happens like if that area is really bad and you have to start bushwhacking way off the trail and then you find other spruce traps. Like, and I, you know, I just said, dude, no, nah, I'm, nah, I'm not going up there. And then they right. just like snowboarded off. But on the way back to answer your question, like what I did was, uh, I was concerned I would fall on a big trap. It could be like the same. I could really get stuck. So I tied a bowline around my waist. And then I took, I want to say I had 40 feet of rope. 
and I tied around my waist. And then I took, I did overhand knots like every three feet or two and a half, three feet. And that would be used as grip. And then what I did was I took the rope and I would loop it over around a tree that was strong. And then I took the other end. So like one end is a bowline around me. The other end, I did a figure eight on a bite. And I clipped that into my non-carabiner or non-climbing carabiner. So it's not rated for for climbing. So I'll explain this. Mm -hmm. So the whole system worked like this. The, The rope is around the tray. You got the overhand knots. So as I went down, I could go about 16 feet uh, because it's like looped. And when I when I would go too far, it would tug on my carabiner. So I know like, oh, I got to like stop, secure myself, undo the carabiner, then pull the rope to me, then find another tree to loop it around. Now, if I fell in, I could then hold on to the rope and pull myself out. Nice. So remember, this isn't, because my friend's like, oh, that wasn't rock, you know, that wasn't climbing rate. He goes on, I'm like, dude, relax. Like, I wasn't on the side of a cliff. Like, I'm on a trail descending, but not, it's not 90 degrees. So it's not, even my rope, my rope was not, um, it's not a climbing rope. It's a rope that I could pull and use, use to pull myself up. So that was like my whole system. So like once I would go down, I'd unhook myself around the tree and then I would pull it to myself. Because remember, you can't tie it to a tree because then you can't go because how are you going to get it off the tree? So yeah. you're just looping it. And then I loop it again and I got past that area. I did not fall in the spruce trap, but if I did, I would have been able to pull myself out. Nice. And this was in Vermont. This is in my Vermont, yeah. So, so basically, you were doing mountaineering level stuff in Vermont, right? Yeah. So that shows you how crazy the East Coast can be. That people. That's a whole nother debate. So I get in these debates, and here I know people are like I, I don't know why they think like this. So when I'm in the winter in the Adirondacks, <laughs> it might this is mountaineering. Like if you Google mountaineering and you look at the definition, it is. But people are like, no, no, it's not. It's not out west, and it goes whole rant. But if you look at it out west, which I've been there, like in my mind, again, I haven't done Denali, but I've done bigger mountains. One's in uh, New Mexico, Colorado. And you don't have like all the, it, it's just the, yeah, there's dangers. Yes, there's high winds. Yes, there's cold temperatures. What you have out here in the Adirondacks, in the Whites, in Vermont. But the skills, you it's not like a quote unquote hike. So in my mind, I'm like, hey, like this season, I'm I'm doing mountaineering. So like that's the switch in my head. So like I gotta get out of all oh, I'm hiking. Cause when I'm hiking, like I just bring anything. It's not really that big of a deal. There's not that much, there's not as much danger. And I think when we look at the people who get themselves in trouble, in all the cases, they're treating it like hiking. Like no snowshoes, no proper yeah. equipment. They want to go light, like you're on a hike. Um, they skip all these things. So like when you look at these level of skills, like you know the ropes, uh, nap, which half, half time doesn't help you. The map you you put on your phone because half time you can't lay the map out to like you know do all this stuff. Compass, exactly. 
The compass is great, which I've used many times to just general know what direction do I go? Not like, oh, I'm trying, I'm on, I'm like trying to figure out the bearing. It's more like what direction? And then the ice axe, which I've gotten in these debates with people, oh, you don't need an ice axe. That you, like, it's true. Like you can theoretically get away with a lot of things in any situation. Like you could drive like, a, you know, a hundred miles an hour with your eyes closed with no seatbelt on and in theory, like <laughs> make it. But like, that's not best practices. So I bring an ice axe sometimes, rope sometimes. Um, and then some people, like especially old timers, will sort of laugh. But what they don't understand is they're not in an environment where they don't know it. So like, they're like, oh, I can, I don't need that here because they're cherry picking days. Yep. yep and they exactly. also know every handhold and everything. Like, I have to use rope in the Pennsylvania Grand Canyon sometimes because like there's a lot of air. It's, it's either trailless or you run in these difficult situations and uh, you don't know all the routes. Cause it's not, I haven't done it like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 rounds of it to like memorize everything. Yep. Yeah. So the, I mean, it, it just shows you how underestimated the East coast can be, especially like you said, in the Adirondacks, Vermont and New Hampshire. And, and like you said, People cherry pick their days. Ah, there's 60 mile an hour winds. I'm not going to go there. And exactly. you go up there with everything whatsoever. So you can, I mean, summit or you can try to summit and then have that experience of maybe not summiting and be like, okay, so what can I do next time to maybe summit? Or was that the day not to summit? And, you know, I, I made the right choice. Yeah. So, exactly. I mean, it's. It's so much different. I mean, with the, with the Catskills, of course, you know, we don't have the open summits. It's a whole different story, but you can still run into those situations in certain areas in the Catskills. But um, spruce traps may be that. That'll be, that'll be a whole nother story. We get a bad winter, but up in the, the ADKs, definitely we'll be talking about that stuff tonight. So interesting, crazy story. So the Grand Canyon, I'm going to, I'm going to check that out. Definitely, man. That looks fun. Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. I really recommend it too. It's very remote. Um, and it's not like, uh, you know, so remote, like you're going to get yourself in trouble. Like the trailhead is like super far. It, it reminds me of the good old days of the Catskills, like in 2013 and 14, where there was less people and it wasn't, there, there weren't so many defined herd paths. Uh, and, and, you know, you really yeah. had to, but still you can get back to the trailhead and a road. Uh, you know, relatively like quickly, not yeah. in not like you know Adirondacks where you have eighteen, twenty miles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't follow a river because that river will become bigger and bigger and swallow you whole. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I recently, yesterday, I I think I told you. Well, I don't know if I told you. I went with Joe Ferry, Mike Gross, and Ralph Rindeck, and we looked for a plane crash on Tremper Mountain. So very that cool. Was, yeah, so we bushwhacked up Tremper from from the normal trailhead, and then we bushwhacked right off of the summit to the east to look for a plane crash that Joe was looking up, and we we found nothing. And also, we decided that because it was so steep and so crazy, and the leaves were out of, out of control, and the, the 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 footing was horrible, we were like, we'd rather do a four mile road walk than go back up that part of the mountain. So. It was crazy. It was good decision. Yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, it, it was all 
state property. We found like state property, thank God for for Cal Topo. <laughs> but it was just it was just one of those cool experiences, beautiful day, perfect weather. These guys are old timers, are fantastic with their stories. I mean, Joe, you know Joe, he's got stories galore. He's been everywhere. Yep, absolutely. Plane crashes all over the place. So uh I think it was a total of like eight miles with around Hold on, let me pull my map up, which is it's everybody thinks Trumper is, is a piece of cake, but but it's not. So it was, it was eight miles with around 2,000 feet of gain. So it's fun. It's fun times. I'm, I'm always amazed that people who minimize like 2,000 feet of gain, it's like bizarre to me. I, I, I can't figure it I mean, that's a lot of gain, you know, it's... It, it, it definitely is. I mean, it's it's crazy how they're just like, eh, that's nothing. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. Cool time. Had a fun time. Joe uh, wants to come back on the show again to talk about some more plane crashes. So we'll get him on here uh, later on. It'll be a good time. So no new Catskill news. I Once again, I encourage volunteering all the time. 100% volunteering. Please volunteer. Uh, Dave and I volunteer for search and rescue. New Jersey trail conference I volunteer for. So just get out there maybe once a year, maybe twice, three times a year for an hour or two and and help out. Come on. You guys are hiking for free. So, so uh, yeah, I usually do a little bit of Catskill mountain history, but not tonight, David, we're going to break it right into your, your stories. Now, Dave has some crazy stories of hiking in the winter and he got some crazy experiences with some great outcomes. And, uh, he definitely wants to share them and I I'm love to hear it definitely more. We don't have really much time with search and rescue. We just get together, leave, and then do our thing. So I'm going to hear some more of the stories that he's, he's told me somewhat in, in a little bit of time. You're like, yeah, I saved this guy. That's it. <laughs> but all right. So welcome our guest of the night, David. Let's go. And his ADK winter solo rescues everything else that he did seven thousand times i'm trying to find the the chat that we had that <laughs> has all the stuff that you've done so dave why don't you give a little background about yourself and then we'll get into the questions and stuff yeah so i mean i got started hiking a long time ago and uh but then i stopped for a long time and then i just started hiking again and like uh around 2006 or so and then i kept it real local in new jersey i did like every trail in new jersey which was great like i really i love doing you know people think you know i do a lot of big days and stuff but i do like like simple stuff and um there's a lot of cool things out in new jersey then in starting in like 2012 i went up to the catskills a couple times and then i uh did it more aggressively in 2013 and then 2014, I started working on uh, winter and uh, getting more aggressive. And at that time, it's it's like it, people listening now, like you almost can't appreciate like the way it used to be. Like I'm telling you, it was hard, like multiple feet of snow. Like it, it was unbelievable. It snowed all season. And like my coldest day uh, was still in the Catskills at like negative 54 wind chill. I guess I did exceed the wind chill once in um, Adirondacks at negative 60. 
but it was like a negative 28 day base standing temperature. And there, I mean, I learned a lot. So uh, it was great. And then after, you know, I finished uh, winter, then I did a, a solo round, single season round. And then um, my parents got sick and um, I was taking care of them for many years. And then I got, uh, once, you know, my parents unfortunately passed away, uh, I went up to the Adirondacks and then started that aggressively in 2019 when uh, a lot of people from the Catskills in 2013, 14, 15, they had already gone up and finished their 46. And some had finished the winners and stuff like over a couple of years. So it worked out great for me because uh, A, I got to take care of my parents, which I wanted to do. And then B, when I actually started in the Adirondacks, I met this guy, Steve. And Steve's a super modest guy, uh, arguably the most accomplished. He wouldn't say this, but I'm, I'm saying it. Uh, one of the most accomplished or the most accomplished like people in the Northeast, he's done a 115 grid. So like, if you just think about that, that's wow. Uh, yeah. That's Mount Katahdin 12 times. Like that's not cherry picking <laughs> one, one off and he didn't do it in like 35 years. You know, he did it, you know, uh, and you know, many years, but like, wow. uh, I don't have the exact time frame. So like Steve, he was a machine, very skilled, so I met him and then he uh, introduced me to a guy by the name of Joe and Joe um, has done multiple single season solos um, and the 115 winner and um, a single season whites and Adirondacks in the same season. Uh, and he's done 14 consecutive single seasons in a row, which is, the, is like the record. Like, think about that. And uh, did you say 14 single seasons in a row? In a row. Jesus. And, and one of those seasons was like including the whites. So, white single season and Adirondacks in the same season in that consecutive. So, you know, the, the advantage I had and had is just like knowing someone or some people who have done big things and, and like, it's like achievable. So um, like the scale and like, like in the Adirondacks is obviously like, I feel like most like groupings are 4,000 feet elevation gain, which is much different than the Catskills. And then um, it's just a lot more. And then like, if you meet somebody, you know, they've done it. It's, it's just like, you know, for listeners who have like ever worked out, and like, uh, you know, I used to power lift and play football for uh, 14 years. You know, I remember when I was trying to get like over a 600 pound squat, like if you go to a gym where everybody's squatting over 600 pounds, you will squat over 600 pounds. So like, if you're, if you're like talking to people who like do these big things in the winter, you know, it's, it gets sort of in your head and you learn from them. So now is that where you, you know, we all start, of course, as rookies when hiking, is that where you basically like learned all your info about like gear and distances and difficulty and stuff? Those, those two dudes and, and stuff, or did, you know, 2013 internet was here, but did you use that uh, a decent amount or was it just from those two dudes? That's a good question. So like, you know, I'm not big on the internet. I'm big on uh, 
half of what I have people. All right, hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you, David. David doesn't even have a Facebook, everyone. So just let that let let that sink in. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Chuck has a Facebook and you don't half the stuff is like completely off the wall. So like Steve is um this guy Steve, he's a great guy. He's he's less uh, with numbers and 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 like like equations. So Joe uh, was a scientist, and I'm like a math guy. So like uh, Joe for the winter stuff, like he really helped me out a lot and thinking about it as like an equation, like how fast are you going? You know, decreasing your output, uh, miles, like the amount of time it should take, like like almost making like systems that are sort of mathematically geared for like decision making so i learned a lot from that from joe and then in terms of like training and stuff like that and and what to wear uh, it was a combination of a couple of guys who are in the military and then trial and error so yeah like i have a system that a lot like a lot of people used to think i was really overweight which is hilarious but i deviate from most people but in the in the, as I have learned, I've not been in the military, but according to people that have uh, you know helped me, you know, you want food and various things on your person in addition to your pack in case something goes wrong with your pack. And I always like that because I do a lot of solos, so you know I have a jacket that's wind resistant. It's a great shell. It's very strong, so it doesn't get torn easily. Like um, some people who have these big puffies, they get torn. They get you know seven hundred dollar puffy got torn. So this jacket's great, loaded up with uh, some food that so I could eat. I'm constantly eating on the go and then also hydration. Um, so I learned that on my own sort of over time. And then um, I figured out that the, the best base layer for me, which I use smart wool, the best pants. I use cool K-U-H-L. I love those pants. And I add the base layer of smart wool. And I can go to... Just with that combo and a base layer on my um, the top of me, I could go to negative fifteen, negative twenty. Wow! And you know that's great. Like like you said, um, that's very great trial and error. You know, I mean, but you wouldn't. You're not the type of guy that I would see doing like, "Ooh, it's negative fifteen. Let me see if I can go check out these things that I just bought from you know Walmart." That's that's not the right thing to do. No, not at yes. all. <laughs> so you always have to remember too, it's like, it's almost like a science project. So like you can't change too many variables. So like, you know, you're going out, um, you know, with your base layer, like if you're testing a new base layer, you know, you, you, you say to yourself, okay, if this goes wrong or I'm super cold, like I myself have, I bring multiple other jackets and, and I could with my whole system, not when my I don't bring enough to go to negative fifty. I could I would just change out my I wouldn't use K U H L cool pants. Mm-hmm. I would uh I would have these other pants, but in terms of my top, my hands, and my head, I could go to negative fifty, which in my pack I'm always carrying. So like I'm always carrying like enough stuff that it went to negative fifty. I could. It's just on the bottom of me. I I would have a challenge because I it's not like I bring a set of extra set of pants. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And plus so, also plus also you, the lower half of your body gets wet during those winter times and stuff. And then 
you know, you might have to change that out. I mean, you might have waterproof, but you know, it leaks in once in a while and that'll change your, the whole dynamic of your, your hike. Right. Yeah. So did you start your winter hiking quest in the Adirondacks or the Catskills? Catskills. Catskills. And you had some good experiences there. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I, I, I'm beating a dead horse. It, when we did it, I mean, because I, I did with Chuck and a bunch of other guys, man, it was hard. Like, I'm telling you, I remember going to West Kill once. I'm not, this is not like I'm old and I'm like telling old stories. <laughs> it was three and a half feet of snow, like unbroken from that. You know, you go to West Kill, that little parking lot, three and a half feet of snow. And like in three and a half, I don't care what people say. Like, it was just too exhausting for the time I had. I'm like, it's just way too exhausting. That was in 2015. Yeah. Um, there were some monster storms. So like now I know you can get away with the whole season with no micro spikes, but it wasn't like that back in the day. Yeah. So when you were there, was that like, when did you, what were you doing when you hit those massive negative temperatures? Do you remember? Oh, I was doing, um, let me see. Let me hold on a second. Let me look that up. Okay, let me look right now. So that was, it was, what's the one by Big Indy? Not Fur. Yeah, that's Fur. Eagle? Uh, uh, yeah, it was Eagle. Eagle? No way. Yeah, yeah, that's where it was, it was really cold. No shit, yeah. wow. Eagle doesn't mm-hmm. have a view or anything too, and you got one of the worst <laughs> temperatures ever. That's crazy. So the day, the day I was doing too. So even back then I still had the whole, like, like, Oh, let me go out. I don't even want to summit. Let me get the experience. Like my whole goal that day was to just go out and go a hundred feet and then just turn around. I didn't know if I'd freeze to death. I didn't know. Like it's crazy to tell. Like I literally, I didn't know if I'd be able to pee. So I had a lot of experiments. Like, you know, I just didn't know it was so cold, coldest day of the season. And, you know, I learned like, oh, it, you know, it, it's cold, but it's not like, you know, like you'd pee and your pee would freeze in like midair or like <laughs> you'd open your mouth and your whole mouth would freeze up. So I did learn that day. But again, that wasn't above tree line. Yeah. So now, you know, when you get to other places, you know, Adirondacks, White, you get above tree line, you get wind. That's when you, get, you can't really see where you're going. So mistakes are deadly. So that type of thing. Yeah, that's crazy stuff. So um, now when you've been hiking in the in the Adirondacks and the Catskills and stuff like that, you know, the Adirondacks are a whole nother story. Are there any times that when you were there, did you ever think you would like need a rescue? No, but in the Pennsylvania Grand Canyon, yes. No way. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I had a super bad experience in Pennsylvania Grand Canyon. I don't know if you want me to talk about that, but not in the Adirondacks yeah. because I was – you know, I had, I had so much experience that if anything, like I said, I failed four times at Kucharaga, like uh, in a row over you know a year and a in a you know two seasons, and then got it in the second season. I knew when to turn back. Like when you're just dying, you've broken, you're breaking a foot, two feet of snow for many, 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 many miles. It's time to you know turn in the towel. So I really like had a harder time with heat. And then one time I went to the Pennsylvania Grand Canyon. You know, I was that guy. So back in 2012, I made a lot of mistakes. I fasted. I worked out in the morning. Uh, I didn't bring that much water. I was like, oh, it's only, I would pull the old, it's only 
this much. Oh, it's only quick eight miles, go up and back. Uh, I did not have a map that was correct. So the Pennsylvania Grand Canyon, back then, there weren't like really even maps. You get it from a book and the book, the map in the book was wrong. Uh, there weren't apps. The only app back then was Backcountry Navigator, but like I remember that. Somebody <laughs> had to like make the track. It was, but the, in the Pennsylvania Grand Canyon, most of the trails aren't even on any of the apps at all. It's like crazy. So, make a long story short, I, uh, you know, had gone up, got really hot, and I got about halfway, and I just got so dehydrated. And I just, it, with this is heat exhaustion, I learned now. And I just couldn't figure out where to go. I started going in circles. I, I ran out of food. I didn't have any more water. My body started cramping. Uh, eventually, I ran into like these bears. Um, so, you know, they didn't attack <laughs> me, but that de derailed my route. Uh, and then I just like my system started shutting down. Like I literally thought I was going to die. It was like weird. And then I kept telling myself I was going to die, which was the opposite. I had this is so random. A couple weeks prior, I had one of the gyms I work out in, like one of them was like a basement gym. It was like not the world's greatest people, but there was like a Moroccan knife fighter. I have no idea. I don't even know what that is. I Googled that now. I don't even know what, like this guy's a Moroccan knife fighter. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. So he was talking about like, what to do if you think you're going to die. He had like this thing in the back of the gym. It wasn't like a workshop. It's like a random guy like doing this training. <laughs> and like, you know, one of the things he said is that when you start feeling you're going to die, you start thinking negatively, the more you think negatively, you, it sends like rushes all these chemicals in your body, makes the situation work. So you have to counter that with like telling yourself like you're going to live, things are going to, you can turn it around. And then he also is a big advocate of breathing. So I did all that. And I got to tell you, I gave up on trying to complete the loop and I just had to retrace. So I wound up going 18 miles oh, on an eight mile hike. <laughs> There's so many loops when if I didn't, if I didn't just retrace and, and forget it, forget completing the loop. And I wasn't going to summit that there's no, there was no mountain and there's no summit. It was like, Oh, complete the loop that I made it back. Uh, I don't know if I would be on the, talking to you now if I would have kept trying I, I like I was dying my whole body seized up I remember I drank a gallon of water which now I know you probably should I should have gone to the hospital and never peed I came home barely wow. made it home I had another gallon of water never peed so I was really messed up. I think because I was you know way younger that that was how I survived but it was I gotta tell you it was so freaky and I was so freaked out um, and then one of my uh, mentors who was like a military guy told me I had to go back out there or that like whole thing would calcify my head and I'd probably be like scared to death to even go hiking. So I went back out there like a couple weeks later and just in the area, did a little hike, not the whole loop. Eventually, I want to say a year, year and a half later, I figured out what happened. The map in the book was wrong. <laughs> that And I there's a spot. I actually go there, you know, I, I hike it. It's like the, the fifth mile in where you make this turn and then the book, it tells you this way that's the wrong way. And that, and I always think about that's what got me way off. And I just kept going a loop and a loop and a loop up, 
down, getting tired, trying to find water. The crazy thing is, when I redid the whole thing, there were water sources. I just wasn't in my right mind. Like there were wow. water sources probably within 40 feet. <laughs> I just <laughs> wasn't thinking straight. No shit. Yeah, it's bad. It's crazy. You know, I've never heard of anybody in like, well, I mean, maybe it's just because they haven't come out, but like Pennsylvania area, you know, needing that kind of how crazy that is. You, you think Pennsylvania is a fat place with the industrial uh, warehouses. You, you don't think that that it's a there's a Grand Canyon in the Pennsylvania area. But, you know, after you saying this and you and me checking out the, the topographic map, that looks like an intense, pretty cool freaking place. Yeah. You know, the thing that's freaky is that there's like you just never seen it. I want to say in in 11 years. I don't think I've seen more than 12 people. Wow. Like, it's so bizarre. <laughs> like, how'd, you, how'd you learn about this place? I can't even remember. I don't. <laughs> somehow I was like looking at Matt and I'm like, oh, what's this whole area? And then. I went out there and I was shocked. Like it wasn't in backcountry navigator. I couldn't find that. There was no like, first thing I was like, oh, we're like the Catskill kind of maps. And there weren't any. Um, So then it was like, oh my God, this is like, I can explore out here. Um, Like the old days, the old original pioneers of the Catskills. Yeah. That looks fantastic placement. I'll have to check that out. So, you know, a lot of the times you, you see online now and stuff, uh, those situations where people are are getting ready to summit, they go above tree line, and then they have winds, and then snow and stuff like that with the cairns, you know, and barely you can see, you know, thirty feet in front of you. Have you ever had those? I, I mean, I guarantee you've had those times. Have you ever? Can you talk to us about those times of where you're sitting there and you're like, okay, I'm I'm starting to go, and this is starting to get a little sketchy. Oh, yeah, all the time. Whenever you go above tree line, high winds, winter, if you're not freaked out, you're not telling the truth. Because the best of the best, they get freaked out. Like, you know, they totally do. So, like, uh, you know, Joe, mentor of mine, great guy, amazing, amazing shape conditioning. He was going to do Marcy Skylight and Gray. They got they did Skylight and Gray over in the Adirondacks. And they, and they just saw it. It's just the weather's too bad. They knew it would be, like, you wouldn't be able to see the Karens. It's they just they're like, hey, we're not doing it today. So you what you do is you know you 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 get up like up there. There's you know Marcy has the Karens, Skylight has the Karens, uh, Algonquin, Iroquois. I'm trying to think if that's yeah, that's 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 the above tree line high wind Karen areas and. You know, I always have like a compass heading in my head, a picture of the map on my phone because you can't like on high winds, you can't lay the map out like you're getting ready to have like a picnic and with your you know significant <laughs> yeah. other. There is this whole thing on it. I don't go off tangent where, you know, you hear map and compass, map and compass. Right. Yeah. But it, it, it's like you don't you just can't lay your map out like you're on a picnic with your sweetheart. And, you know, you just like. I get why they say that you should have a map. I always bring a map, but you need a picture of it because at least you can look at the phone and have an idea. And then as my mentor told me, who is um, uh, an army and then a Marine um, sniper, he's like, you got to remember the map. Like he'd scream at me. And like, I never thought about it. Like, he's like, you memorize the map. You can't, 
think when you're out there and there's the enemy shooting at you, think you lay your map out like you're out? He'd be like, you're taking your sweetheart out on a picnic. So you have that, and then you see, you know, okay, this is my bearing. It's you know, ninety degrees, ninety three degrees, forty seven degrees. Okay, um, I have goggles on. They're not fogging up. I have anti fog stuff. Uh, that's another thing. And, you know, I reasonably know what's the direction I, you know, I should have done this in in three season when there isn't snow and you have to just weigh, like, once I get over there, am I going to be able to get back? Is the trail going to have to be rebroken? Do I have the energy? And for a lot of people, the answer is do it another day. That's the answer. It just, the answer isn't, you know, there's a magic way. It's do it another day. Now, yeah. if you're with somebody else, there it, it is unbelievably much more easier to do this with another person. Yeah, because number Absolutely. one, yeah, they can, you know, switching, breaking trail makes a whole difference than just yourself. Right. The There's exhaustion. just like something like four eyes equals like, I feel like 10 eyes, but two eyes equals like one. Like in a yeah. crazy way, when it's just you, it, it, it's almost like you're even more limited than just having two eyes. It's like you have one eye, but then if you have just even one other person, it's just for some reason you can just figure out much more. It's much safer. You can see more, make better decisions, at least with the people I've been with and others that I talk to. So, but again, you know, there's situations where people get themselves in trouble when they're with a group and they don't think about like, well, how are we going to get back? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those times, I mean, I've, I've always, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm kind of like you. I like to uh, test myself. I mean, I haven't been up to the Adirondacks like you have in, in those instances, but you know, I've been to the Catskills of where I've like, okay, it's, it's, you know, negative 50, you know, I went to, I hiked uh well, it was like negative 45, maybe negative 40 on Overlook mountain. And I wanted to test myself. I wanted to test my gear. I want to test like, you know, what do I need to, better and it was a fantastic time but those instances that you've been in with like high winds and snow and you can't see 20 feet in front of you i haven't been in those situations yet but the thing is is it's what's what's crazy is it crazy that i want to do that at least sometime and i want to actually get myself into that kind of situation is that bad no i think that's so no i that's how like my training so like i used to Go out in a blizzard, but only go to the base of the mountain just for the experience. No summit and just turn around. So, like, you know, you could arguably say, like, oh, I want to experience this. I mean, you could go just beyond the tree line if you're, let's say, you're by yourself. And you say, look, you know what? I'm going to turn around. Now I feel, okay, here's the wind. Here's the temps. Like, I'm learning. Like, everything isn't about I got a summit. I got a summit. Like, you got to have some building blocks. So I don't think that's crazy at all. I think it's smart versus – all of a sudden you find yourself in that situation. You're like, I've never done, I've never experienced this my whole entire life. And now I'm a meme on Facebook. <laughs> nice. Yes. And that is correct. It, definitely a meme. on How do you know about memes? You don't even have Facebook. I only know about memes because you send them to me. That's true. You have to tell the audience that like when the meme is going around, <laughs> by the time it gets to me, like even if I send you a meme, you're like, dude, I got that meme like three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is definitely true. And, you know, you you talk about when you said memorize the map, 
I am the same way. I kind of, before I go even hiking in the Catskills, I memorize my, my route up. Like, you know, I'm going to take this shoulder up, go all the way up and then maybe take this shoulder down. I have that in my head and then I will research, you know, the bearing that you might have even, even, you know, in, in the nicest of days, but I want to, I want to test myself. I want to make sure I know this in case, you know, something happens in case, you know, just, you know, for later instances, like you said, you know, going up the Adirondacks or something, you, you memorize that route. And then in your head, you're like, okay, if I turn around right here and I continue on this ridge line, this will lead me to here instead of being like, oh, there's two ridge lines that break off. You don't want to go left. You want to go straight. That's why I did it. That's why I remember it. So that's, that's very good information. Very good strategy. <laughs> but also, so you, I remember you several times telling me that you have uh, times of where you've had to rescue people off the mountains. Can you give me a couple uh, of your memories of that great times that you've told me about? Right. And again, this is myself, not related to any organization. These are all these opinions are mine. Go to me. That's you have it. your own insurance. <laughs> it goes all goes to me. So nobody, you know, I don't want anybody to critique other organizations. So, you know, there's, yeah, I've had quite a few. Uh, and, you know, I've, I've had these debates with people that are like, oh, how come this always happens to you, David? And, you know, a, I, I care. I'm not just going to like ignore somebody. And a bunch of times I knew people were probably going to have a problem based on what I saw them starting with. So I sort of like made sure I was around. So one, you know, I'll tell you a couple of them. So one time there's a big storm in the Adirondacks and I was, all I wanted to do was just go to the base of gray and then turn around. Like there's no, I did not want to go summit Marcy. It was like, it was like snowing super hard. It was very windy. So, you know, I'm going, it's very windy, but you're, you know, you're in the trees. I'm breaking trail. I'm probably breaking eight inches of snow is the end of the season. So it was really in great conditioning. So I get to the base of gray and I say, you know what? Let me go up a little bit, maybe go up a third, maybe, you know, a quarter. And I'm like, you know, I'm not going to summon, just get a little more experience and turn around. So I head up and I, and all of a sudden I see like tracks and I'm like shocked. Like all of a sudden it's like someone dropped out of the air. I'm like, why are there tracks? And all of a sudden I see something red and I'm like, oh, that's like somebody there. And I'm like, that's crazy. So I'm like, I doubt in my head. I'm like, I doubt he's doing what I'm doing. I think he's trying to get to the summit. So I, I hightailed over to this person and keep in mind, we're like, I want to say we're 10% of the way to the summit, like 10%. Like we wow. just started effectively. Yeah. So I go up to this guy, it's high winds. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going to the summit. And I'm like, dude, like, are you sure? And he goes, he goes, no, no, we're almost there. We're almost there. And I'm like, dude, you're not almost there. He's like, no, no, there, there. I'm like, so he's pointing. I'm like, that's like more than a half a mile. Like he went probably 0. 0.05. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> like less than one tenth of the way there. So I'm trying to reason with this guy. He's not making any sense. So he goes, follow me. So I said, okay. So I follow him. He makes a circle. He goes, there's footprints. There's people here. 
And I was like, dude, that's us. And he goes, oh, oh okay. It's crazy. So I'm like, oh, my God. I didn't really understand that this guy probably had hypothermia. So I pulled him. I said, dude, we're done. We're done with this match. It's over. We're, we're done. I felt like we were like in a boxing match. I'm like, dude, this is it. You throw in the towel. You're done, brother. So I pull him. And he goes, oh, you know, uh, let's go. And I said, all right. I said, dude, forget about Let's Let's see. I go, let's see. Maybe uh, Skylight is broken out. And it'll be easier. He goes, okay. So we go down. I said, you lead. So this guy leads. It was like he was drunk. I mean, the craziest way, like we it should have, we should have got down in probably like a hundred feet. This guy went in this whole convoluted way that probably turned into like 300 feet. Wow. So we get down and I was like, dude, you're not making good, you're not routing well. <laughs> so I go. What do you want to do? I th- we got to call it. He goes, no, no, we're going to go to Skylight. So I said, fine. So he looks at Skylight. He goes a little, he goes, can you help break trail? I go, absolutely not. This is your idea. I'm coming behind <laughs> you. No way. So he goes, he like falls down. He looks all sad. It's like, I mean, we're at the four corners. We're by Lake Tierra Clouds, which starts the Hudson River. So you got this whole spot. You're getting hammered by the snow. There's probably three and a half feet of snow. It snows up there a lot because the nature of the lake um, and the way it fills in. So he goes, I need help. I need help. I said, dude, this is it. I said, dude, do you think anyone in the right mind came up Marcy, then down and broke out Skylight and isn't at Gray already? He looks and goes, he shook his head. I go, that's right. The answer is no. I said, dude, we're not going to be able to do this. Like, And I go, dude, how long did it take you to get up to Gray? And he's like trying to think. You, like, I go, did it take you uh, Did it take you nine hours? And he goes, yes. And I go, how long do you think it's going to take you to get up Skylight, then come back? And he just doesn't know. Like, obviously, it, it's going to be like infinite. If it took him nine hours... Yeah, he broke the trail for himself, but it's starting to fill back in. And he's tired, and he has hypothermia, and he hasn't eaten, blah, blah, blah. So he says, I can't go back. I go, why? He goes, my friend will make fun of me. And I'm like, your <laughs> friend? And he goes, my friend. And I go, "Where? who's your friend? He goes, my friend on the internet. And I go, dude, I go, do you think I freaking care about your friend? And I go, we're going to get freaking killed. And I said a lot of other things I can't say on this thing. I go, we got to freaking go. It's getting worse, bro. So he's like, can you take a picture of me so I can prove there's a lot of snow? I grab his camera. I'm like, give me your freaking camera. And I go, go over there right now. And we're two photos, and then we're gone. So I take two photos. He goes, more. So I take more. He goes, a couple more. And I go, dude, you're freaking pushing me. <laughs> so... I get him off that lake. I we go down to where we're sheltered, and I got dude, man, you you gotta go to freaking psychiatrist or something. The fact that you were talking about this internet friend, some freaking loser, or whoever you got going on, and now it's pushing you to do all this stuff. So anyway, I said to this kid, I said, "Look, I'm going back to the lodge." I go, "Where are you going?" He goes, "I'm going to Upper Works," and I said. I go, dude, I, I go, you can come with me and I can drive you back there, which would be far. 
So to drive from the lodge upper works is no hop, skipping and jump, but I was willing to do it. He goes, no, no, I'll be good. So I, you know, I didn't do a full like, you know, body check over patient, patient assessment, but I said, you got to eat dude, like get some food, get some water. I like rejuvenate him. I said, you know, have some of this. I gave him some of my stuff. He had some stuff. So I said, I go, what's your, I go, what's your mom's number? He looks at me. I go, dude, I know you live at home with your parents. I knew he was just young. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, here, okay. And I said, give me that freaking number. I said, what's your number? I said, dude, if you don't freaking call me by 10.45 p.m., I am going to call all the Rangers, and that's it. So, you know, get don't go on side freaking adventures. Don't get down there and think, oh, let me just try to grab Marshall or some mountain you look on your freaking app or something. You go freaking straight home. Do you understand what straight home means? Go to your freaking car. Do you understand what I'm talking? <laughs> like five or six times. Right. Go home. No side adventures. I don't care if you feel good. Whatever you're thinking, it's not going to be that easy. I know you're going to get over there. You say, oh, I, you know, let me just try to go grab such and such. It's only Marshall's only like an extra two miles. It It's going to be a problem. He goes, okay. I said, you better freaking promise. And I said, don't freaking break a promise me. And I go, because I'm from Jersey and we don't like that. No, 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 <laughs> I will. So, you know, I rejuvenate him more and then he heads off. I'm like nervous. Yeah, and right. And make a long story short, he did get back. He called me about 10, 20 and he made, he thanked me. And the next year I did see him on a different mountain and he thanked me and he said, he goes, dude, I would have, he goes, I would have gotten killed if it wasn't for you. So I appreciated that, you know, mistakes that he made, didn't plan, uh, his dress wasn't the best, didn't eat enough, didn't hydrate enough, in over his head, didn't have, didn't understand when he needed to turn around, worried about an internet friend, you know, that's Almost that everything. Is, Jesus. Yeah. That's the summary of it. So there's that one. Again, that was not with an organization. Everything I said and did was based on my my own beliefs, blah, blah, blah. So it's all me. So I had that one. And then I had even another. This was really weird. So this one, I was I was uh, going to climb Marshall. So Marshall is, um, I mean, you can go through it through the lodge or upper works, but I normally go upper works because it's easier for me. So upper works is really remote. I mean, if you want to make a horror movie, which I can't believe they haven't made one on upper works, mm -hmm. it's an upper works. Like it's so remote. It's just weird. Like even on a weekend in the winter, it's lonely. So I, I head out there. The trail's unbroken. Every time I do Marshall half, half time, they're always unbroken. So I'm heading to Marshall and then these kids come up from behind me real fast. And I go, oh, these guys make a mistake. Because when people are like running and they're young, I wonder, do they know what they're doing? So I looked at the gear and it wasn't good. Very small pack. And I said, this is going to be a problem. So I shadow them. And there's like a tall one and a shorter one. The tall one's going fast. The shorter one's like trying to keep up. Uh, anyway, we get to the lean-to, and um, we all decide to stop. Like, they stopped at the lean-to on the split-off to go to Marshall, and I did too, and I looked at the little one's gloves. They were like ice, block ice, and I was like, dude, are you are you cool with those gloves? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. And I'm like, all right, you're that guy. You're that guy. You're not fine. In my head, I'm like, he's not fine. So his buddy, like, takes off, 
like kind of leaves him. Why is that the at the lean to? So, you know, he's trying to get himself together to catch up to his buddy. And I'm like, what a freaking jerk off. Yeah. Like, it's just dumb. Like, don't freaking leave people. So I'm like, I better shadow this dude. So the, the taller one takes off and the smaller one is going slower, slower as we start to climb up to Marshall. And he's like stopping. I, you know, I'm like behind. I'm like, do you OK? Yeah, no, I'm fine. And then eventually we get halfway up the mountain. His friend's nowhere to be found. Like he's way out in front. And this guy just falls over. I couldn't even believe it. I was like, dude, are you okay? He like didn't really talk. He didn't make sense. Now I understand it's hypothermia. So, you know, I check him out. I ask him what's wrong. I tell him to drink. I give him some of my stuff. I give him food. He says he's not hungry. I said, look, it's not, we're not negotiating. Eat freaking food now. You know, I get him rejuvenated and he's just, he says, his, you know, he hurt his leg and this and that, but then he won't call, he won't let me call for a rescue on my satellite phone. And, um, you know, I'm like trying to feel his leg. And, and I think, you know, it's just, you know, I said, just step a little. And I think it's just like dehydration, but there's nothing that, I, you know, appears to be broken or sprained. It's just like he hurt from being sore. So I say, I said, so he's adamant. He's adamant that he doesn't need help. And it, it's, I mean, it's a tough thing. I mean, like, what do you do if someone's like, I don't need help. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, like he's like getting mad at me. And he's like, just, you know, go to, just go summit. And, you know, it's going on. He's like, ar like arguing with me. You know, it's a tough thing. Like you can't, like, do you, are you the guy that's going to call for rescue? Like, think about this dilemma. It's like a, like an ethics thing. Do you call for a rescue? A guy's going to be like, I didn't tell you to call for a rescue. I told you I'm fine. Yeah. So I I leave and I'm like, okay. I'm like, this guy's going to have a problem. I drop pack. I fly up to the summit. As I'm going to the summit, his friend is speeding down. I go, dude, you, your buddy. He goes, yeah, where is he? I go, dude, he's freaking down there. He's down there. Your freaking buddy's down there. Make sure you stop and freaking help him. And I said, I got him going again, but he doesn't want any help. I don't know, because maybe I'm a stranger or whatever. So I get to the summit, lightning speed, I could have dropped pack, and I just literally speed down, slide, run. I mean, I can go really fast, like like um, like essentially gliding, like, and fortunately I didn't fall, which if I did fall, it's not a big deal. But I got down, and sure enough, this guy had gone maybe 10 feet. And his buddy left him again. Wow. So I sat and then he said, he goes, yeah, I wouldn't mind if you helped me a little bit. I said, dude, I got you. So I slowly got him down the mountain, you know, kept, you know, telling him to drink. And this is a crazy thing. So, you know, he's a big political guy, big religious guy. He goes this whole thing. So I know when people, you got to get him talking and feel good. Anyway, he's going on his whole religious things and all this stuff, which I don't even want to talk about, but I'm like, got to talk about it because I want to rejuvenate and keep happy, not get him all bad out of shape. So we get down to the base of the mountain. He's like feeling way better. He's like, you know, his old self. Uh, oh, I gave him a bunch of hand warmers. Uh, I told him to get rid of the, you know, the blocks of ice and use, he had like uh, thinner gloves. I said, you'll be fine. Just do the hand warmers, keep moving. And then I walked him all the way his car. It took us forever and then the end, like I want to say the like the last sixteenth of a mile, his buddy came back from the car to look for him, and I was, and I was like, dude, like, 
where were you? He's like, oh, you know, I, he like, oh, I, you know, I thought it would be fine, this and that. They were like two alleged two big religious people, and I, I asked him like, what kind of freaking religious person just leaves you here and like just doesn't even care? He's like, oh, well, you know, I didn't ask him for help, and I'm like, I don't. That's not my interpretation of all this religious stuff. So got him home, jumped in the car, just said, hey, thanks for the help, and left. <laughs> so wow. that was that. Uh, that was a tough one because it took a long time. And that's the dilemma that I faced with. I've had a lot of solo rescues. The, the, I had one woman. She was totally cooperative, asked for help, didn't argue with me, didn't say she was fine. And I got her out of the spruce trap in like 10 minutes, 15 minutes. She was stuck and had been stuck for a while. And that was fine. But some of the guys, like there's just like this guy pride and they're like, no, no, I'm fine. Like, I can tell you, every guy, except for one guy that I've sold a rescue, starts off with, no, no, I'm fine. Even though if they're literally not fine. They're, like, debating with you. They're fine. Wow. Um, so got that guy going. And then um, I had another similar thing. This was just hiking in the winter in Bear Mountain. Older guy. Uh, I'd done a big day, like a 20-mile day, like 5,000 feet elevation. I was going to do one more time up Bear Mountain. Saw this older guy. He had on sneakers, an empty bottle, no pack, no jacket, nothing. Um, you know, it was pretty warm out. Um, and he was, like, falling and stumbling trying to go up the mountain. And I said, sir, you know, uh, are you, you know, are you okay? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And I said, oh, sir, like, would you like something to drink? No, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, sir, like, uh, what are you doing today? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to the summit. And I'm like, oh, you know, sir, it's like, um, you know, it's like 730. How long do you think it's going to take you? He's like, he's like, oh, I should be there soon. And I think like at the rate the guy's going, he would maybe be there at nine, 930 mm -hmm. at night. And it would be dark. So I was like, uh, you know, sir, it's, um, probably going to take a little longer than, you know, a little longer than, you know, a second. I said, it's going to, you know, and I said, I'm not trying to brag, but you know, it's going to take me an hour to get up there. And, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not, you know, Carl Lewis, but you know, I'm in pretty good conditioning. And I said, you know, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but you know, you might want to turn around and he's like, no, 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 I'll be fine. You know, just go ahead, go ahead. And I say, Okay, okay. So I go ahead, I go up a little higher, and then I watch him from above, and he's literally falling. Like, you slip and he's falling, obviously can't see or whatever. So I come back down, and I, you know, and I say, hey, can I just give you a drink? And he says, okay. So he takes a drink. I said, you know, um, you know, what's going on with your light? Like, are you going to have a headlamp? He goes, no, I don't have one. I, he goes, oh, I'm going to use my phone. And I go, how much phone battery I'm left? He's like, like half, three quarters. And I knew, because dealing with kids, I said, huh. I go, do you have closer to like a quarter? He goes, yeah. So like, think about it, three quarters of a battery left, right? And all of a sudden in a minute, he's like, you know what? I have like a quarter. So like, who <laughs> knows if it was like an eighth? And I said, you know, I think that kind of burns. I go, I'm no Steve Jobs. I said this, I go, but I think that burns up your battery pretty quick. He's like, I go, you know, you want me to call someone to help? I said, because he said, my knee's really hurting. I said, dude, let me just call, you know, they'll come, no big deal. They're not going to charge you. It's not going to be a big thing. I'll stay with, no, no, no. I can do it. I'm fine. 
I'm like, oh, I got another one of these. So we're in this like standoff. So finally, I say to the guy, I said, hey, man, can I ask you a question? He said, yeah, sure. I said, dude, I got to be honest with you. I don't want to go. I don't want to be alone, like, you know, in the dark by myself. I said, would you mind coming with me? And he was like, no, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I'll come with you. So like, at least I can like help. <laughs> so he's helping me. Now it's like he's rescuing me, right? Yeah. So... And I say, you know, I said, if I get a little, you know, sometimes I get a little scared of heights, a little, little fearful, like, would you mind if we kind of went back the other way, trying to, you know, get him to turn around? He says, oh, my knee really hurts. I can only go up, but I can't go down. I said, are you really good to go up? He goes, yeah, yeah, I just can't go down. I go, how did you, because he, he said he went to some other mountain at that day in, in the park. I go, how did you get down the mountain? He goes, oh, I got a ride from the police. So like he was at some mountain and the police gave him a ride to the base of Bear Mountain. Jesus. <laughs> he, he can only go up but not down. So we went up. He was another guy hitting me with all his political stuff and this and that and the other thing. I rejuvenated. He got all excited because, you know, he's like, oh, man, you you and I are on the same page, man. We we really, you, you're, you're a young kid. It's great that you're just thinking like me. I mean, I'm not going to get a big debate with him. So <laughs> it takes forever ever to get him to the summit and then uh his car is there and i go hey man like um you know now that it's like almost 10 p.m could you give me a ride down the mountain he's like yeah i, I can give you a ride down the mountain because <laughs> i'm like am i really gonna have to bushwhack down to you know now i'm gonna get down at 11 o'clock at night so he did and then i followed up with him and uh, he wouldn't give me um I asked him for any family members, make sure. So no, no, I'll be fine. I said, but no, give me your number. So I did call him and then he uh he thanked me. Um, so that was another one. Nice. Wow, some the crazy. Moral of the story is, you know, <laughs> you gotta know when you got a problem and just, you know, there's no us but for men listen, there's no need to give man pride and this whole freaking thing and you know, I'm fine. Like, you know, the old member, you, you ever see Rocky Four, which you should have? Yeah. Oh, yeah. With, uh, yeah. Remember when um, Apollo was getting killed by the Russian, which always makes me mad. I'm so mad about it today. But, you know, Rocky's about to throw that towel. And then Apollo, I hate that part. Apollo, like, shakes his head no. And then Rocky, like, drops the, you know, put the towel down. Apollo gets killed, which was so depressing when I saw that. I'm still, still torn up about it now. <laughs> so you just got to know when you got to fight another day. And I think in all these cases, whether it's Kate, you know, unfortunately in the whites in 2015, if it's, you know, the girl this past year, uh, Emily and the whites, um, uh, um, what's her name? I can't remember her name on McNaughton. And I want to say 2016, maybe she was, uh, you know, the um, um, what's her name in McNaughton. Yeah. yeah her, you know, they just, they don't want to give up. That's why in the intro, I wanted you to say, like, I failed a bunch of stuff. Like, I actually, I think it's, I think it's funny. Like, it's funny to me. Like, oh, I went out to do Marcy and like and three times in one week, I only got it one time. I mean, <laughs> I think it's yeah. great. But you got to know, like for me, Kucharaga, when like, when you got to throw in the towel, like this year, Marshall, which is notoriously difficult. Uh, I broke trail from the from the trailhead upper works all the way to the base of the mountain. I ran out of time. Knew there was going to be a storm in Jersey. I said, am I really going to break trail going up route find and have enough time? The answer is no. So I turned around, went home, came back a few days later on Friday. 
and then to fin finish it up. Even if I came back and I had to redo the whole thing and break all the trail, I'd rather do that than, you know, just get myself into trouble. Yeah. There's like times when, you know, when you got to say like, I don't need to summit this mountain. Like it'll still be there. Like let's 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 give it another day or something like that. Like you know, some people, you're so close to the summit. You you know, and you know you might sprain your ankle or you know might start getting cramps or stuff like that. Give yourself a little time and then figure out the situation of maybe like maybe not summiting. It might not be the smartest choice. Am I putting myself in danger or am I putting other people in danger? You know exactly. Well, those those professionals that come up and have to rescue you yeah you know they're professionals they're ready for that but you know what what might happen to them on their way up you know is it worth it so 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 you know with i cannot remember her name um the the, the woman uh for mcnaughton like the ranger fell in and i believe got mild um hypothermia i believe he definitely fell in on that one of them did i remember that one i think i do remember that he they he had, he got rescued out before she did right yeah so yeah, yeah. hugh davis yep uh, uh march 6 2016 yeah and on that um the ranger let me see if uh let me see there yeah there's a ranger i believe who did fall in so you know the whole point is like he, like oh Okay, yeah, yeah, I see it right here. So as, as uh, forest rangers hiked out, one ranger fell through the ice of a brook and was submerged chest, chest deep while carrying a 50-pound pack. Fellow rangers pulled their colleague from the icy water, changed his clothes, stabilized his core. So, you know, it's... Uh... Oh, so rangers requested an emergency extraction to prevent frostbite and hypothermia from overtaking the forest ranger. So, yeah, you know... You, it's also what the people are trying to help you are going to get themselves into as well. So that's something to keep in mind. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. You know, just like uh, those guys, this recent uh, rescue where they had to be saved from across the, the water, across the Lincoln, Lincoln Brook, you know, they, they put themselves in danger to come over to that other side to get you there. So it's, it's crazy stuff. So there's, there's no, shame and throwing in the towel and turning around so as you we can should see. talk about that real quick so like up you know like things can melt and these streams get so crazy sometimes they're not passable so like it, you can't use bags because they're raging so much that going in you most likely would be toppled over yep. um in some yep. cases that's i think uh indian river i think that's what it is Yep. Um, the one when uh, they they had got rescued. There's one going up to um, uh, Mount Marcy. Um, that's another one that's tough. So there's a but there's yeah, one Hawkinsbrook. What's that? Is it Phelps Brook? I think. Yeah, Phelps Brook. Yep. That's another one. Uh, and then, like, I fell through an ice bridge, um, 2022, going up. To Seward because Calkins Brook was flooded out and impassable. So I took, I went up Seward to go to Donaldson and Emmons. Um, fortunately, I fell through that ice brook and I, um, I actually completed. It, and that's a good thing. People would say, "Well, why didn't you just turn around?" I mean, it was already seven. I was already seven miles out uh, in there, and I knew because I know my systems. I knew my pants and my base layer would dry fast. I had extra socks. 
Um, I knew my socks were wool. The weather wasn't that cold. The water was really cold. I knew I would dry out and I was with somebody else and I wasn't in danger of going hypothermic. So like that's how I made the decision to keep going, mm -hmm. falling at the like the bottom part of Seward Mountain through an ice bridge into the cold water. And I still kept going. Uh, and I did not change my clothes because uh, I knew it. I knew my systems would dry out. Yeah. Crazy stuff. See that, and that—that's uh, talking about this time of year. Is like, like you said, there might be two feet still up on on the Adirondacks that have melted, and they freeze overnight. And then during the day, when you're going up to the lake, you know, melt, marcy, cold, and stuff like that, those rivers, those brooks will become swelled up like crazy, and they will be flowing. And just, just think about that. Crazy. So, uh, David, what is your your best slash favorite winter hike that you've ever done um it's usually with people not doing solos like it's uh um i would probably say i had a great time in haystack ba uh, basin and saddleback this past year i had a great time i went with a girl ashley um uh, for seward donaldson and ema emmons uh is Cool for Santonis because eventually I went with my friend Lois. Her and her husband helped me to break the trail and route fine for Kucharaga. So we did all three that day. Yeah, so I would probably say like my my probably would be uh, I had a great time on Haystack Basin and Saddleback, and then I would probably say I really enjoyed. Marcy Skylight and Gray. I broke out everything from from uh, Holden all the way the back of uh, to Gray to Skylight and Marcy myself solo. It was a great day. It was sadly the day they started looking for that guy who died on the trap dike. Uh, but that was oh, yeah. it. Was a great day. Wow. What about in the Catskills? Do you remember any of your favorite hikes in the Catskills? Oh, yeah. Cor Cornell, Wittenberg. Um, I mean, there's so many I love out there because it was like the people I was with. I liked uh, Cornell, Wittenberg, Slide, that combo. That was a great hike in the winter. I mean, we had a funny experience with this guy, Richard, and North Dome and Cheryl. He was like completely crazy with like like following a bearing no matter what like he didn't understand the concept of like going around things like and then going back to the bearing it was just like we gotta go this way because it's the bearing um <laughs> i also like uh i like lone and rocky i'm trying to think here uh those are those are those are walking the parks for you yeah, it's so interesting like when you look at the, <laughs> like back then when i would look at like the distance elevation and that, you know, when you get up to the Adirondacks, especially in the winter, I mean, it's like some of the, some of the, you know, with all your equipment, you have like, you know, 40 plus pounds and then you have snowshoes, but like your minimum is like 4,000 feet and there's like many 5,000 feet. Yep. So like uh, in the winter, what is like an essential gear that you use? What is your go-to gear that you would suggest people every time you're out? So I'll go through from like the like I have a system. So I use um, Keen winter boots from Keen. I really yep. like their their winter ice uh, insulated boots. Smart wool socks, uh, a smart wool sock liner, 
for me, I tape my toes because I wind up getting blisters. So I tape all five of my toes. Wow. Um, then I have um, base smart wool, base layer. And I've tested other base layers, you know, that are comparable. They're fine. Um, and then I have the KUHL pants, the convertible. So the convertible ones I use in regular season that you can like zip off the bottoms. Yep. Um, so then after that, I wear suspenders, which was a good game changer. I don't like doing the, just the bell only thing because your pants sag. It's a huge pain. Um, then I have in that I have um, emergency food in one pocket. I have a like a notebook. I have um, some Jolly Ranchers, um, a meal <laughs> replacement bar, and then I have um, uh, let's see. I have uh, stuff to wipe my nose. Then I have um, map in my back pocket. Three sets of hand warmers. Uh, non climbing. Non climbing rated carabiners on my belt because I wind up like hooking gloves to my, um, you know, myself. And then I have, uh, let me think here, uh, around my neck, I have my compass with a whistle around it. I have a base layer, a heavy base layer, smart wool, wool for my shirt. Then I wear... Um, and oddly enough, this is like the strangest thing. Like I can easily go to negative 10 degrees with a base layer shirt and my um, my main jacket, my main shell. Oh, wow. Which is a, Bur a Burton ski shell, which I absolutely love. And then within that, you know, I usually have like homemade popcorn, which is essentially like <laughs> high fat, high sugar. So like I can create that myself and add a lot of um, – like ghee, butter, and not sugar, salt. And it's tasty, so I eat it on the go. And then I'll have um, I'll have usually nuts and some chocolate mixed with nuts. Uh, and this is all in my Burton jacket with uh, three more sets of hand warmers. <laughs> and then uh, also thin liner uh, or, or liner gloves. And then um, I have some like little fruity snacks as well because i really want access to food that i can eat on the go and i don't want to like think to myself oh gee i gotta take my freaking pack off and all this drama but then your brain's like oh don't eat and then before you know it you're like yeah. gonna fall over so like you, you go. gotta have a this is my again my sister i can meet people say david that's so wrong you know my my brother's best friend pappy's mother she goes after she has not she need a single thing she did you know everything in a weekend like okay that's great so this is for me, regular dude. So I have that. And then I have, uh, let me think of some of the other innovations that I have. So around my neck, I have a balaclava, which I pulled down. Oh, I have um, a backup hat in my, um, so in the Burton jacket, you have um, chest pockets. So I have a backup hat uh, in my chest pocket. So I got the balaclava. I talked about the uh, compass the whistle around the compass. Um, then I wear a regular fleece hat. And and for gloves, I use mittens. And I use for every negative 10 degrees, I think it will be, I add one hand warmer. So if I think it'll be negative 10, one hand warmer. 
negative 20, two hand warmers, negative 30, three hand warmers. And in my Marmot, I think they're Expedition. Let me see here. It took me a while to find those. I love those. It's definitely, it's definitely a challenge to find the stuff that will fit you and you like. Um, so let's see. Let me see here. Because those, those were really great. Uh, those are called, I think they're, oh, here they are here. These are uh, men's 8,000 meter mitts. So those, I've tested a whole bunch. Those have been great for me. Well, I think, so I went through hands, head, and then, uh, oh, and then for traction, I carry Hill Sounds, uh, K10s. Uh, sometimes crampons, depending on like which, which day I'm going out with and, uh, MSR lightning ascent snowshoes, which I'm not the biggest fan. Of. I don't think the crampons are the best, but I like them cause they don't hurt my toes, but I don't think the traction is the strongest. Um, but when I have, um, tubs, my toe, it hurts my toe more. So I'd rather have my ter- toe hit, hurt less and then deal with the traction issues um, and I just use black diamond poles and occasionally I use a whip it depending on, you know, what I'm doing and I'll bring the ice axe and or a rope. And I do carry a pretty big pack with, um, lots of redundancy for food. I bring three, a puffy jacket, a fleece, another jacket, and then another jacket and, um, the Mar- Marmot 8,000, uh, meter, uh, mittens we just talked about. I have a backup pair, another backup player glove. So I basically bring two mittens and two, a liner glove and then other gloves. And then I have in there like first aid kit, map, like just a whole bunch of survival kind of stuff, art, a lot, lot of that kind of stuff. So people look, they're like, oh, you don't need all that stuff. But like, you know, when you're solo, you freaking need all that stuff. Like, so yeah. that, that's like, sometimes you just got to, you know, I would say like when you're doing things like it's it's like you know I have a goddaughter. I'm like, honey, you gotta. Some of these kids, they don't, they have a half a brain. You gotta ignore them. They're gonna tell you like, you know, stand on your head and you'll make a hundred million dollars with a video camera. You know, like they don't know. Like so, some people they mean well, but they literally don't know. So like, you're, you you might carry more things, and then you might get the you know the shaming. I, we should call it right. What do they call it? Like um, fat shaming, but not fat. They, like pack shaming. I'm gonna. I yeah. just coined that pack shaming. I coined that today. So like people are like, oh, why do you like? Like they'll be like, oh, are you are you doing like are you are you backpacking? You doing like a month out here? It's like oh, ha ha ha. But like you want to come back and live. And then you know another tip is like if you don't carry that pack, then you just you can't say like oh I want to do Marcy Skylight Gray or Basin Saddleback and base and settle back and uh, stack. And now all of a sudden I got this big pack. I'm doing it by myself and I, I haven't trained with it. So like, you know, I generally in the winter bring a lot. Yeah. Preserve. Within so, reason. Yeah. Survival though. It also right. depends on, on the day. Correct. Like, you, you know, right. the, the, the weather. Exactly. So I do though, like, you know, to cre- keep a system. Cause I learned this from my cousin where he said like, you know, as a Marine, you know, my cousin, a high ranking Marine, you know, he's like, you gotta make sure that you know where everything is and you're not like, Oh my God, I forgot that. So it, it's, he's like, it's just better to have a system. Everything's in the same spot. 
and you're just kind of bringing everything. Mm-hmm. You know, like versus like, oh, today I'm taking this out. I mean, again, this isn't all in stone, so you could take some stuff out, but that's, you know, there is some downside on that because sometimes people run into trouble when they don't have everything. Exactly. Or somebody else is in trouble. Right. Exactly. You want to help somebody out. Exactly. I definitely learned that. I mean, I haven't learned that as, as your experiences, if you had, you know, like you've helped people off, but, you know, just being with search and rescue, you know, I kind of carry double the stuff just in case something happens, especially in the winter. So the winter is very critical. Yeah, that, that is, that is absolutely very critical. Yeah. So um, I guess uh, we're going to wind down. Uh, what do you think uh, in 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 the Adirondacks or the Catskills, whatever uh, you want? Uh, what are the some of the harder mountains to summit uh, in the? I mean, you said you did Marcy. It took you three times to do Marcy. So, and and the other mountain. What what has it been your your darkest days or the ones you don't? Cucharaga, because it's flat. Cucharaga is like you know you you get to this area usually do Panther first, then you go to Cucharaga. And then it's uh, it's it's basically you're in a situation where it can go down flat. So once you get in flat, you know, and you, you, the hard pass go everywhere. Or there's no hard pass, so that's a tough one. You know, trying to do Marcy Skylight and Grand any one given day is jet. It can be tough. Uh, Haystack Basin and Saddlebuck, like Haystack Basin together, Basin by itself, Haystack by itself are all tough. Uh, Saddleback by itself is easier. I mean, again, it's still, you know, 3,200 ish and, uh, you know, probably 13 plus miles. So it's, it's still not a breeze. Another, the Santanone, well, no, I just talked about Santanones. So going to Santanone from Kucharaga is another tough thing. The Dix Range is another one. So like Macomb, is I mean can be very scary for people because you're on a slide. It looks like you slide down to infinity. Uh, South Dicks, East Dicks, those can all be hard in the winter. Dicks can be tough. There's a ton of snow going up the Dicks. The Seward Range, that's another nightmare. We didn't even talk about the fact that they close roads. They close the road in the Seward Range sometimes, so that adds on. I think another seven miles. So like. Yeah, you your 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 fifteen mile day could turn into twenty two, still with with like five thousand elevation gain. Yikes! Yeah, I don't look for I, I don't look to doing these in the winter. So thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, the, the, so you have those. T- so there are like a bunch that you know that really can be challenging. And you know, I just say like go out, do them, and then you know if things go wild, you know, just go back and repeat. Like, look, I've gone in the same week you back several times. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so also like, what is your, your recorded longest day that you've been out in the mountains? Like one shot, uh, 32 miles. I think, let me see here. I want to say 32 miles. Let's see. Hold on. Say I created my, um, you know, how I create my own challenges. So I did, um, uh, what's it called? Let's see here. Let's see. I did the Point Mountain Traverse. It's like a quadruple traverse. Uh, and that was, let me see here. The Point Mountain, that was, let me see here. So that was, uh, 
31.26 miles, 10,243 elevation. Wow. <laughs> Shit. And 14 hours and nine minutes. Wow. Beast. That's insane. Where was that? Where's the point to point? Where's that located? Uh, that's in, yeah, it's in New Jersey. Crazy. Oh, uh, like High Point? No, it's actually down by uh, Washington Township. Nice. Crazy. Um, you, are, you are insane. Yeah, Washington uh, Township. So, you know, and I, you know, the only thing I advise, like, you know, also people making sure that, you know, they build up because you want your li- ligaments and tendons and stabilize your muscles to get used to things. And, you know, you really want, I mean, I'm not you know, being like a jerk, but like you do want to like, I don't want to say consult the doctor, but like I, you, you just can't start and do a ton, especially if you're older, you have to build up. And if you have pains, like, you know, I regularly go to the doctor, I get physicals. I go to physical therapy, like I'm going tomorrow for my shoulder. Um, so when I have problems, like I actually check in with like doctors, like, you know, to make sure it doesn't get worse. I mean, I learned this from the days of football. This is like in your, my soul of football, like football players get medical care. Yeah. Like football players go to physical therapy. Like you don't like just hope for the best. So like I do encourage people to build up over time. Yeah. Good call. Good suggestion. Awesome. So Dave, we're kind of winding down when you're out in the Adirondacks, Catskills, stuff like that hiking, do you have any specific places that you like to go to eat afterwards? Or oh. what, right. Yeah. So I, um, so I I love Johnny's Pizza in Lake Placid, but Johnny Johnny was gone during COVID. He shut down and turned it into something else. I remember he would I'd be in there at COVID. I can't have much pizza because I got a bad stomach. I'd be like, Johnny, cut this slice, cut it in three. It makes me feel like I'm having three slices, not one. <laughs> and I remember Johnny, Johnny was like, uh, they're I'm, they're gonna reveal everything with COVID. It's gonna be so clear, this whole thing. So I was like looking for Johnny this past year, and I'm like, "Where's Johnny?" They're like, "Oh, he's in this other place, like in the town of Lake Placid." I'm like, "You tell him that David's looking for him because he's supposed to tell me the whole thing behind secret of COVID." Nice. <laughs> but his place is great. Johnny's. There's another pizzeria down uh, called uh, Bossy, which is down the street. I like that. I love Sticks and Stones in Lake Scroon. That's another really great place in Lake Scroon. And then other than that, there's, you know, there's not, you know, most people go to, um, uh, shoot, what the heck is the name? What can I remember? Uh, what was the gas station? I can't remember that. And more. Like Stewards. Most people Stewart's, go to Stewards. Oh, yeah. I try to stay away from that because it destroys my stomach, but that most people love that. But there are, uh, it's not like the like in the Catskills, you know, I love Brio's. There's a bunch of great places. I love Brio's. Yeah. But there's a bunch of great places in Catskills. They don't really, it's weird. They don't, you know, there's a bunch of fancy places for like, but they're not like Brio's-ish, like as many. So, but I do like Sticks and Stones and Lake Scroon. And then Bossy is uh, that other pizzeria up in Lake Placid. Um, that's another great place. And I'm trying to think about that. And if you're down like in the sewards down in that area, there's like nothing. There's like, yeah. uh, in Tupper Lake, there's like someone bar pizzeria. And then if you're in like the upper works area, 
there's literally not, it's kind of funny. There's like nothing out there in Upper Works, but that's basically it. As on food, I actually bring my own food and I also bring um, stuff I put in a, um, a cooler, um, what do you call it? a thermos, yeah. like chicken. I, did, I, put, I, I put together chicken and oatmeal, steel cut oats. And I cook it in the morning. I put it in the thermos and that's what I have. So like I, most of mine is like steel cut oats and chicken that I make. Crazy. What people <laughs> think is uh, very strange. I think it's very, that's why I said that you're crazy. That's very strange, but whatever works for you, right? Yeah. And you really, you know, on the food, no, we didn't touch on that too much. It is critical to like dial that in, like to figure out, what you like. And I, you know, we learned this in our star training. So we learned that you've got to like the food. You, you remember that was like part of the training. Like, and I realized if you don't like the food, you're not You're already like, Oh, I don't want to eat because I don't feel like eating. Cause like, you just don't feel like eating. Even if you're like falling apart. So like, it has to taste good. That's why I like make my own food and stuff like that. Like yeah. popcorn and stuff like that. Yeah. And then whatever is going to give you energy to get up that mountain. And like you said, simple snacks that are located easily accessible to get to is very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy, crazy stories, David. Um, I thank you for joining me tonight, man. I really appreciate it. No problem at all. Yeah. Um, once again, thank you to people who have sponsored. I really appreciate it. Thank you to the monthly donors that support the show. You guys are are the best. And uh, thank you, everyone who has listened. I really appreciate it. Uh, keep me going. Episode number, this is, I think, 72, I think. I didn't touch up on that. So, yeah, 72. So, Dave, thanks for finally joining me on episode 72. Sounds good. Hey, thanks a lot for having me. Yeah. Um, all right. So, Dave, have a good night. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow. All right. See you tomorrow, buddy. All right. Bye, man. Hey guys, I just want to thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe and throw down a smooth review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any podcast platform that you use. You can also check daily updates of the podcast, hikes, hiking memes, and local news on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the official website of the show. Remember this, you just keep on living, man. L-I-V-I-N. Wicked, 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 wicked.